going on? Nick Kirby here, and welcome to Chatterbox Reds, proudly sponsored by DSC Commodities. Clay Snowden of Just Baseball will be on the show in just a minute. We talked about the wild night for the Reds with the MLB Draft Lottery and all the latest rumors around the Reds and the NL Central at the winter meetings. But before we get to that, I wanted to tell you about our proud sponsor, Deep South Commodities. DSC is a leader in renewable commodities for biofuels production, specializing in used cooking oil collection, aggregation, and sales. Visit www.deepsouthcommodities.com for more information. Thanks, as always, to our friends at DSC. And some other quick housekeeping notes. We will go live at some point on Wednesday on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Just depends on if and when. There is a Reds move or at least some substantial movement. Uh, If there is no move or nothing going on, expect us to go live sometime later in the evening around 9.30 p.m. or so. And, of course, it will also be up in your podcast feed on Thursday morning as well. All right. Now to my conversation with Clay Snowden of Just Baseball. Well, hey, what's going on? Welcome to Chatterbox Reds here on the Winter Meetings Week and a glorious day, kind of surprisingly a glorious day for our beloved Cincinnati Reds. I brought my friend Clay Snowden. Clay, how are we doing? Awesome. Awesome. And we, we got the number two overall pick. I was just sitting there on Twitter, hitting the refresh, just waiting for the Reds name to pop up, and it just wouldn't. Yeah, I kept thinking, okay, surely they're going to be the next one. And then I'm like, wait, they're not. And then the next one, and the next one, and the next one. And uh, yeah, what a uh, unbelievable surprise for the Reds. A, a, a gift kind of makes up a little bit for last year. But uh, if you missed it, the Reds will have the second pick in the 2024 uh, draft. Cleveland Guardians getting number one. Um, the Reds' uh, odds were um, 100 to one to get the number, number two pick. Um, and the Reds had a... 0.9% to get the top one. I think they had less than a 3% to even get in the top five, I if I if I remember right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is a this is a big, big deal, Clay. Yeah, absolutely. Not only are you going to have a chance to draft a top flight prospect next year, but now if I'm Nick Kroll, I'm saying I'm a little bit more. I don't know. Can I trade one of these other prospects for a bat right now? Because I'm sitting here thinking I'm going to load up on another likely top 100 prospect this summer just from the draft. Maybe I'm more willing to pull the trigger right now during the winter meetings or this offseason to land either a starter or a bat or whatever they may need to land and, you know, part with the prospect. Yeah, I mean, you're you're looking at, you know, number two pick. Obviously, it's not a sure thing, just like anything in baseball. Um, but just so, some in recent memory, uh, Jamison uh, Tyon, Byron Buxton, Chris Bryant, uh, Alex Bregman, Hunter Green, Bobby Witt Jr. Um, we won't mention the lovely name of Nixon Zell, but look, you, you probably almost have a 50-50 shot of getting a impact major leaguer. Do you feel like that's maybe fair for this slot? Yeah, I don't know all the information, but I would be somewhere in that ballpark. That there's a, a very, probably a 70% shot that you at least get a major league player, um, usually one that can even be a starting you know, caliber type player. Um, and then getting an impact player, yeah, I'd say it's probably 
somewhere between 40 and 50, 55%. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if you, you necessarily go crazy. Oh my gosh, we got a number two pick. Now we can, you know, go crazy with trades, but it does make you feel a little bit better. At least if you're, you're shipping someone out, you're, you're bringing someone in and, and it's definitely important to the reds and Nick crawl. And he's been preaching this for the last, uh, two plus years, the sustainability. And this helps your sustainability, especially as you're trying to win right now. Absolutely. And it's one of those deals. It's really just, okay. When I think of making trades, I kind of just think how many players do we have in our system that I feel like are going to at least be at the very minimum, an everyday level player that we are projecting that way. You're just adding another one is really what it is. Like most likely you're adding another one that you feel that way about. So departing with one isn't, you know, it just evens out. So I, that's kind of what I meant. It wasn't a let's trade everyone because we're yeah. drafting Juan Soto number two this year. And uh, how about Devin Mezzarocco? Uh, just, just bringing all the good vibes. Uh, <laughs> I, I love Clay that he seemed to, at least, you know, from, from Twitter to really like embrace that he was doing this. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it, it was kind of funny because, you know, Reds Fest, I wasn't able to go. I know that you had a big moment there and uh, had an awesome opportunity. But, you know, that comes around, you start seeing pictures online, and it's like you see Daniel Ray Herrera, and you're like, wow, this is awesome. You see Devin Mezzarocco, and you could tell he kind of got juiced up. He changed his profile picture on Twitter. It was what? Um, Pit. Whatever. Pit. Yeah. Pit, yeah. It was the Pit logo, and now it's the Reds logo. He's in, baby. He's back. I, I love it. I love it. You know, and uh, he spoke highly about the Reds when we, um, you know, we interviewed him on a podcast a while back and, you know, said that that he completely understood the trade, felt like the Reds were, you know, very forthcoming with him and said he loved his time in Cincinnati and um, and, and was very genuine about that. So, but it, it's cool to see them, you know, it's cool to see the Reds getting a guy like him involved, a guy that maybe could be easy to forget, right? Just because of, yeah, but he was a all-star in 2014. Had a really, really good year, and just you know, just the injury injury bug caught up with him. But just uh, cool to see him and uh, have his moment and uh, uh, bring the Reds some some really good luck. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not even gonna try to. And I know you're not a, a huge college baseball guy either. We're not gonna try to get into who might the Reds go after and all that. We'll have fun with that, and we'll bring some. There's a some bigger. I'm not a draft person. To begin with, I'm just not. That's just not my cup of tea. I know uh, Bryce is. I'm sure he's tweeting out all kinds of names right now. But, yeah, those mock drafts that I never click on, I'm going to start clicking on. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I will be 1,000% more invested in the draft this year. Um, I was a little bit last year. But, you know, when you're picking, what were the Reds, seventh? I mean, interested, but you're not, you yeah. know. And, and I think the Reds did really well. I mean, I think they they lucked out for being as far back as they had to get a, a player of the caliber of Rhett Louder. But man, this is where you can uh, um, look. You can miss here. I'm not gonna say you can't, but man, this is where you get that 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 franchise changing player. Hunter Green, I think, is a franchise changing player, and I think he's gonna uh, show that more and more over the next couple of years. It's no secret that the Reds are not out here just buying free agents and making trades to fix everything. So like anytime you have a chance to draft somebody who fits that mold of game changing, franchise changing, alternate game plan for the other team, anytime you have a chance to draft one of those, that's humongous, humongous for a team like the Reds. 
Of course, our guy Carrick Melvin in the chat. He's already got who who Baseball America is projecting. Wait, Wake Forest first baseman Kurtz to the Reds. So thanks, Carrick, for always keeping us in the Kurt's loop. One great. of the uh, one of the great Reds follows and uh, uh, a guy that just does does an incredible job keeping up with the team. All right. Well, I don't have any other thoughts on the, the draft lottery other than hell. Yeah. What a night yeah, for the Reds. Funny. Such, a, such a win. It's funny because for so many years, it felt like nothing could go right for the Reds. And for so many years, things, even when they tried and invested in afraid, it just, everything was going South and there's this negative life form around the Reds. And now over the past year, things are starting to kind of trend in the right direction. We saw, um, pretty much every rookie come up, not every single one, but just about the highest percentage of any like r- rookie class coming up and producing right away. We get this. I mean, everything's kind of falling. I'm just enjoying it. I'm hoping that they had somebody else. I know that you all have already covered the bullpen additions and like that was kind of like the okay, here we go. Here's the little appetizer. Now let's see them spend some real money or make that big trade or whatever it is. Well, go ahead and give your thoughts on that because, you know, we talked about about both of those guys. Uh, I, I, I talked again um, last night with your 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 co cohort, uh, Elijah Evans, who did an awesome job um, talking about the White Sox, and he t- gave his thoughts. But I felt like over the weekend we kind of rushed through those two signings because of Reds Fest and everything coming up. So what's your thoughts on uh, – let's start with Dick Martinez. What was your thoughts on that signing? I like the idea of it. Um if he's going to just be a starter, I'm a little bit less thrilled. Now, at the price, I think it was a good price for him. I hope that they are willing to use him in different roles. And if it's yeah. a idea of, okay, maybe we'll add another starter, then I love it. I love it. But if that's the only starter they add, at least it's a major league – or, excuse me, a veteran that has had major league experience who can fill that role instead of – calling up Buddy Kennedy instead of calling up another rookie. There's somebody who's proven in that spot and can give you quality long innings out of the bullpen, something that the Reds have struggled to find at times. Um, I know Jeff Hoffman did it at a serviceable level for periods of time and whatnot, but so I I like that move. Um, Pagan was a player that, I mean, it's so obvious. It's like every bullpen guy, right? There's, I think it was two or three years ago, um, everyone wanted him gone. Like, I, I don't remember if he was at the Padres then or right when he started with the Twins. Like, people wanted him gone. And then he puts up a great year. And if you look at his career numbers, he's steady. He is a very solid pitcher. So, to me, it's, hey, bring in another vet, a guy that's been there before, a guy who's been on winning teams, playoff experience, and someone who has a track record. And that, I really love that move. Is it your all's belief that the title window probably doesn't actually start until 2025 or 2026? I just don't see the core being ready to make a deep run next year. And Trace talked a little bit about this. I don't know if I've really gone in in too much detail on this. I I think overall, you're probably right. I mean, I think the Reds' like best shot at maybe winning a title is probably going to be 2025 or 2026, just doing simple math. But I do think the Reds are a bona fide playoff contender and a bona fide NL Central contender. I loved when I um, interviewed uh, uh, Humble Brag, uh, GM Brad Meter. He said, our goal is to win the NL Central. Like he flat out said it. They weren't sugarcoating that. Uh, but 
if you're in that spot, you can be the Arizona Diamondbacks last year. And I do think, Clay, before I hand the, 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 the mic back to you, I think we're underselling how good a playoff rotation of Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, and then is it Graham Ashcraft is number three? Is it Andrew? Which one of those guys have been number three? I think those three could be a really, really good playoff rotation, assuming they continue to progress in Lodolo more health than anything else like we expect. I think that they could be a lot more formidable than a lot of people think. It's just, it's it's crazy, Clay, how we went from going into the year, our, our expectations of Green and Lodolo were all the way up here. We were like, how's this lineup going to work out? And now it's somehow flipped. And I think we, in some ways we may have gone a little overboard and being hyped about the lineup. But I think we've kind of gone the other way. Uh, we're not, we're not. We should be hyped a little bit more about what these young, really, really talented starting pitchers at Green and Lodolo could do. Um, we see it in sports a lot of times, where you kind of have to like have your growing pains once you kind of get there, you know. And like we see it a lot of times in the NFL, your quarterback gets to the playoffs and just can't quite get there yet, and maybe the second year in the playoffs or third year, it kind of takes some time um, to kind of callous yourself to get ready for it. Um, so I do think that this year they could make a, the playoffs. I don't want to say that as a definite thing, especially if we don't even see the roster yet. But um, when it comes to the starting pitching, my thing is I wanted them to add somebody that has the – I like to put pitchers in buckets. So like kind of the frontline starters. I think right now Green is in that bucket, and that's it. I don't think Lodolo is there yet because he hasn't been healthy enough. He has the talent to be, but – I need to see more. Then you have kind of the middle of the rotation guys. And I think that there's a couple in there, Abbott, Ashcraft at times, a little bit more consistency would help. Um, and then, you know, you have kind of the players that fit into that four or five role. And there's tons of names in there. And I, f- I feel like I'm, I missed a name, but you get what I'm saying. I would love to see the Reds add one more pitcher that could get up in that top bucket with, green because then you're talking about man this is a scary rotation not just a good enough but a scary rotation when you go into the playoffs let's talk a little bit about the hot stove i know alex verdugo there was a trade with the yankees and the red sox i i don't really care about things that don't really impact the reds here's some of the the interesting headlines that i looked at start with just like the reds uh headlines then we'll talk a little bit more about more like the nl central type type stuff so the Reds uh, signed Eric Gonzalez and Mark Mathias to minor league deals. I'm assuming, Clay, you don't have any um, big-time hot takes on those on those signings, do you? No. No, not in particular. Okay, let's move along. Um, good to have depth. Good to have depth. Um, I, I don't think like signing Eric Gonzalez, though, does anything to like players like Jose Barrera or anything like that. This is literally yeah. just replacing your Mark Reynolds. Yeah, and if you look at the AAA roster, I mean, you're going to need players like that. Every single year we see these moves, it's usually just done later in the year. Uh, Christopher Colon, you know, those type of moves, or just invite to spring training that end up on the minor league. This is just kind of getting out in front of it, just kind of odd timing. All right. Well, Clay, we talked a lot with um, Elijah yesterday about Dylan Cease, but I want to talk about the other two guys that the Reds have been linked to the most. And then we'll, we'll talk about India like we do on every show we've ever done. Um, but with Seth Lugo, and then, of course, to a bigger extent, Tyler Glass. Now, I guess we could also throw in Shane Bieber into this. What are your thoughts on on those three guys in particular? 
Glass now I like a lot. And it's one of those, I know the injuries, I know. He fits in that bucket I was describing. Um, Bieber would be kind of between that bucket and the next one, I would say, just because I feel like he's regressing. I don't love the idea of that. Um, Glass now is one, one of those deals I would roll the dice on. As long as it wasn't a crazy price, it's one year, $25 million. We know they have the money to cover that, especially this year. Maybe they could work out an extension. I know the injuries keep coming up, and it's usually like this is not the type of player I would usually want to go after. It's kind of against the grain for me, but something about Glass now I just really like. And if if they can get him for a price that doesn't hurt too much, I'd say that that's that's the one to target. What do you think yeah. about this? Because I was talking with Elijah, and I, I I was very much against Dylan Cease uh, because I thought that the price tag was just going to be so exorbitant but it, it almost feels like it might be possible that the market for glass now and bieber is so high for a one-year rental do you think it could be a, you could get to a point where you're like if we're gonna give up trades that really hurt why don't we just go a little bit bigger for the guy with two years of control and cease yeah and i kind of get that i admittedly is or not as big of a cease fan as most people i know that he's good i know that he had an elite years like two years ago last year was a little bit rougher um the strikeout numbers have gone down i know fit likes him better but like i i just don't know how much he's going to cost a player like that especially because if he is kind of like a if, if you're under the impression the reds could get him for a pretty decent deal there's 20 at least other teams out there that would say, oh, whoa, 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 if that's all it is, then I'll get in on that too. So I don't think that this is the type of deal that you could get a discount on. I think that it may not be, you know, outrageous prospect return, but I don't think that you'll be like walking away thinking it was a steal. I'd rather go with glass now. I'd rather, man, it's just tough. Like, Dylan sees, I, I'd be happy about it. Don't get me wrong, but it's far from this perfect fit. Yeah. I, I Again, I always thought it was too far, but I don't know. Elijah, man, he, he really, he's a good talker. He, he, he talked me into it a little bit. He made what me a little more. I, I mean, come on now, Elijah, man. He made me a little more open to it. He, he really, I mean, I tell you what, he sold Dylan Cease better than the White Sox sold Dylan Cease to any other team. I guarantee yeah. you that. Yeah. And like I said, he's a talented pitcher. And sometimes you watch him and you think, oh, my gosh, when he has it going. Then other times he's giving up home runs and getting hit around some. And uh, he's just one of those pitchers. Sometimes he, when he has it on, it's must-watch TV. But when he doesn't. All right. Uh, Jonathan India. Red's now not planning to trade him is, I guess, what's what's going around. I, I've seen a lot of people try to dissect Nick Crawl's comments. Um I said last night that the way that that was worded and how it came out after, you know, there was plenty of stuff floating around. They were looking to move him. And the fact that they, they specifically said, have him play a different position than second base for the first time ever. I've heard that makes me think they're actually probably not looking to trade it because I, I was under the assumption that they didn't want to move him to positions. If they were just going to trade him, they wanted to keep him in second base as long as possible to keep his value, to keep him happy, all those sort of things. Did you view those comments any differently? I just, 
I was happy about the comments. And the reason why is because we never had anything close to discussions around India doing anything else besides being the starting second baseman throughout the past couple of years. So just the, even the introduction, the idea, just a little sprinkle of salt of, hey, maybe he'll play a different position. Maybe he'll be used in a different way. I like that. I don't dislike Jonathan India, the player at all. He'd be a great, um, kind of like how Nixon Zell was used last year, where it's kind of utility. He plays a lot, starts at different positions. Like if he could do that, I would be really into the idea of Jonathan India in that role. Now, if he's just going to play first base, DH, and second base, yeah, I mean, it's it's okay. It's better than just second base, but, you know, like, I, I think I think if you start moving him around a little bit, you're going to see him in other positions besides just those two. Yeah, and again, if, if you're not – I've said this many times, but if you're not getting enough value back, keep him. I mean, you're, you're not going to find a player that, that can – at least be probably a 105, 110 weighted runs creator plus f- making what he's making on the open market. You, you just, you're not going to find that. So um, does he have flaws? Yeah, absolutely. But you're not giving this guy away. And uh, if he can be just depth, great. But it is great that 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 we don't have to expect him starting second base on opening day. Um, yeah. That's great because that's the only thing that can happen. That's the only only solution here that can happen is him playing second base every day. Um, but yeah, uh, we digress. Uh, let's talk a little about the NL Central. Some kind of interesting stuff. Um, Brewers signed Wade Miley and Joe Ross. Joe Ross was a minor league deal. Um, they signed Jackson uh, Churio to an eight-year extension. Love to see the Reds maybe get in the waters with that. My guess is the Reds are waiting more towards the end of the offseason once kind of the dust settles on the free agent market. Uh, Cardinals listening to offers of Tyler O'Neill. Uh, the Ray, the Cubs are like the Reds in talks for glass now. Some info floating about possibly uh, Christopher Morell in a deal there. And then the Cubs also in talks for Reese Hopkins. Um, mixed mixed, uh, <laughs> mixed uh, 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 news about if they're actually in on Shohei Otani or not. Um, and then the Pirates showing interest in Jack Flaherty and planning to increase payroll any nl central stuff kind of stand out to you clay yeah i hope the pirates increase payroll just because i'm i'm gonna feel better about beating them if they look more competitive uh shohei is not going to chicago i i don't see that reese hoskins there would be kind of a fun fit for them i kind of feel bad for reese hoskins it feels like he deserves a a fair shot somewhere, and he's just kind of being looked over. He's a really good player, really, really good player. Um, the Cardinals are going to trade somebody. I think Dylan Carlson um, is another name that will get traded. They, I mean, if I know we like to kind of make fun of what they've done with their rotation, but if they were to bring in even another arm or if they were to add – you know, one more impact player, pitcher or a batter, any, anything like they're kind of right back in this. And we made fun of them last year because why? Because they sucked and that literally never happens. What are the chances of it happening back to back years? That's what I'm kind of afraid of. Um, well, not afraid of, but cautious of. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot going around. It's just the Brewers are headed in the complete wrong direction, which helps a lot in this discussion and how much more are they going to shed? 
We got breaking news. Alex Wallace passing along breaking news from Jeff Passan that the Pirates are acquiring Marco Gonzalez. Uh, this man, this this is like the most Pirates move ever, right? Like yeah. like your your lefty that's kind of washed up that they're gonna try to find squeeze some extra juice out of. I feel like they've done this with like sounds like Great almost Ho- like Jose Quintana. I know he had a better career before, but it, it feels Same. like they. They do these things a lot, so I would be Rich shocked if, yeah. yeah, I would be shocked if if we look up and Marco Gonzalez has a has a three point five ERA in mid June. Um, yeah, he's he's a decent enough guy who can eat some innings and round out a rotation. I don't think he's good. Uh, he's had some injuries too, but like the Pirates getting a vet who hopefully can eat some innings for them, and I'd love to know how much cash that is, but. Man, that's just a bizarre move to make. Very weird. Yeah, yeah, I'd be interested to know how much are they basically getting him for, you know, almost nothing. Um, then I think, yeah, I mean, it's a good move for them. Interesting to see is that uh, how much more are the Pirates doing? Because I think the Pirates are a lot better than a lot of people around these parts give them credit for. Uh, I think they're just as dangerous as pretty much anyone in the division if, if things go right for them. Yeah, and last year they filled out their roster with, you know, one-year type vets, and they got off to that hot start and cooled off. Like, you know, if they if they were to add just a little bit, they got Jack Swinski, and they have some pieces there. Um, Davis, Rodriguez, like, they, they have enough young talent, too, to make a trade if they wanted to. It's just, I want to see it before, you know, I believe it. All right, um, I don't know where were we, Clay. We're what's on your about... what's what's on your mind? Okay, um, well, I don't really know where to start. Besides, when you know, a lot of talks been going around about signing pre-arb deals or Jackson Cheerio signing this deal. And if you all have already talked about this and I've missed it, just tell me to stop. But um, you know, people are saying the Reds should do that with players. I think you've got to remember two things here: Cheerio signed before he even. He bare, barely touched, you know, double A. So I don't know who in the red system I would want to do that with. I don't think that there's a batter in the red system currently that has not debuted. So same situation as Churio that I would touch with one of those type of deals right now. In terms of the young players, Ellie, McLean, Steer, those guys, I would love to. I would be open to do it. Not every single one, just because you're running into risk. But at that point, they have to as well want to do it. So I may love my job and I may want to be there. That doesn't mean I want to sign up for seven years of it. Like I, I'm, I may want to see what happens too. So I think we've got to re, you know remind ourselves of that. Um, I would say you know someone like Spencer Steer is kind of in that level that I would expect he would be the most likely. I think Ellie would, and you know McLean would probably wait especially with their agents and whatnot so um i would if i had to just make a guess i would say spencer steer would be the one to sign kind of that pre-arb deal i think noelvi Marte is the guy you try to lock up yeah and i know i see our guy chris solomon uh also in that in the chat yeah i think noelvi Marte. he's he's the youngest uh he's he's the the non-porous he's the most realistic um, I think, man, this is the year you try to get him. I think by, I think if you don't do it this year, you might not be able to do it. I think, I think he's, 
he's poised to really take that leap. And another sneaky guy that I like, Clay, is Connor Phillips. Just because of how young he is and the fact that he's only barely got a taste of the big leagues. I know it's risky. I know it's risky. But, well, I mean, but again, if, if the guy pitches like we think he can next year, you know, you're you're looking at an entirely different deal. So I, I think, yeah, and I, I get it. I would rather, and I, I, I'm a risk-averse person, so like I'd rather see someone do it for a year, and then even if it costs more money, it's still going to be cheaper than the eventual price, right? Like, mm-hmm. I want to see it for a year. I'm not out here, like, just putting all my chips on black and hoping. Like, I got to see a little bit of a pattern or something. Um, especially with Phillips, who I'm still not fully convinced um, will pan out to be what his ceiling is. And it's it's not me just hating on Connor Phillips. Like, it's anyone that's followed me for a while knows I really like Connor Phillips. But you got to throw strikes. And there's been issues with that at times. So I'm just waiting. I want to see it at the major league level for a period of time before I'm handing it out to pitchers, especially. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know about the other guys though. I don't know if anyone out there, I mean, outside of, I mean, like a, you know, just an arbitration type deal that maybe gets an extra year or something really small. I don't know. If there's anyone that I'm necessarily dying. Um, you know, Ashcraft's going to be 25. I'm, Ashcraft's going to be 26. Abbott's going to be 25. You start to get into their their free agent deals are into their 30s. Um, I, I don't know how. The how only far. thing I will say is, I'm I'm happy with one or two of those, but I don't think you need to do it with everyone. I know yeah. that's kind of the trend because the Braves have, and it's worked out. You also can get into some issues like Jay Cronenworth, where you now have a contract you cannot move. Um, there's plenty of players that have signed these pre-arb deals that have gone south, and you don't know about them because you've never heard of the people. Sean King or Kingery or whatever his name is in Philadelphia is making like six mil this year. No one knows who he is because it went south. Carter Keyboom and um, who was the guy that uh, – Evan White, who just got traded in a salary dump. That guy's making six, seven million over the next years. I think it's a good idea with a couple of players. I don't want to get crazy with it and start making it the norm because it can go south. And with a team that you don't want to get in that salary dump game. I know we've done it before. We don't want to live in that space. Yeah. And the John Braves- Singleton, yeah, that that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And the Braves, uh, the only one they've extended is Strider, right? So far. Um, well, they had signed like um, Austin Riley and you know, no, pretty much I'm of, of the pitchers, of the pitchers, yeah. Uh, their extensions have mostly been position players, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, which is my preference as well, just because of injury risk. Yeah, I know Redson Four brought up Diaz. I, I don't know if I'm gonna, I don't know if I'm gonna rush to extend. You still have Diaz through 2027, and he's 27 years old right now. Uh, I'm fine writing him out till the end. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to rush to... I don't think there's a single reliever that I'm going to rush to extend. Sims at the right price, um, but yeah, you don't want to go too far with him just because he's had so many injuries. I'm I'm just not big on signing relief pitchers to deals. I mean, there's certain times and stuff that I absolutely would 
Sims would be one I would be comfortable. I, I just don't want to get in that game of three or anything over three-year deals with a bullpen arm. That's just like not a position I want to be in typically. I mean, there's always exceptions to, to, to the rule. But, yeah, if you want to give Sims a small extension of some kind, that's that's fine with me. I mean, do those type of deals now before everyone's arbitration starts catching up. All right, let's get through some questions, Clay. I've kind of started some as we've been going through here. What should our expectations be for Ellie next year? Uh, MVP, right? No. No. no? I just, just know that's it. You're not going to expand upon it. <laughs> I, I honestly have not thought about this exact question yet, um, or I guess I haven't thought of the answer yet. But for me, it's – do you want, like, stat line or something? Like, all I want to see is above average. It, it doesn't have to be all-star. I want to see him take a leap from if he can improve 15% or just get above that, even if he's just a 105 WRC plus next year, at 22 years old, the age of most people in high A going into double A, if he can be around there a little, a little bit better, I think I'd be happy with that. I want him to also prove, and I know I'm going to sound crazy and people think I am, I want him to prove that he can be the shortstop that we think he can be de- defensively. I'm not. I'm still not sold on that, and I might go to my grave saying I want him to just be a third baseman. But I want him to look awesome at shortstop defensively at least, and not make mental errors. And I want to see him at least be slightly above, at the very minimum, very minimum, slightly above league average at the plate. I think he's going to be great next year. I think he's going to have, be inconsistent at times, but uh, uh, I think he's going to be a 4 5 win player. I'll, I'll call it now. I, I, I think he's going to, I think he's going to be, I think he'll be an all star. Yeah. I think Ellie's going to have that. Yeah. He's going to be, he's Ellie De La Cruz. He's Ellie De La Cruz. You can only keep Ellie De La Cruz somewhat contained. I mean, he was almost a two win player in 98 games. Yeah. yeah. I mean, He's gonna he's gonna be fine. I just want to make sure everyone understands that from where he was last year at the plate to what his ceiling is usually doesn't happen in one year, one off season. It's it usually takes time. So when he comes out of the gate and it's May 16th and you're wanting to demote Ellie because he hasn't hit 36 home runs yet, just Pump the brakes, calm down. It's going to be okay. Far too talented of a player. It might just take some time. That's not a bad thing. That's the norm. Yeah, I think he's not the norm though. So you could say that too. Yeah, I think he'll push. He'll push thirty home runs. Yeah, he's going to be fine. He's going to be great. All right, what else we got here? Alex, remind us the Rule Five draft is tomorrow. Hopefully, uh, uh, if the Reds select someone interesting, they don't trade him. Um, 10 minutes later after I work really hard to find a great guest to talk about Blake Sable and then they decide to trade him um, and I waste my evening. So that would be great, Mr. Crawl. Yeah, I don't think the Reds are going to be very active here. Um, I don't see that, you know, the Rule 5 draft is created to get minor leaguers who have not cracked the 40-man a chance to. I don't think that the Reds are out here like just with, a lot of spots open. Like they're going to be competing. They're going to be adding players. Like 
Maybe they'll take the reliever who can't throw a strike but can throw 100 and see what happens, but I don't think they'll be active. Yeah, maybe a reliever. Reds are 14th. It's funny, though, Clay, what a difference a year makes because if this was a year ago, we would both be – I know we'd both be a lot more invested. I completely forgot this was tomorrow. I'd be looking through names. Um, If the Reds pick up a reliever, great. Let's ride. Uh, But, yeah, I'm not – I mean, I'll, I'll certainly pay attention, but I'm not uh, counting down the hours till the Rule 5 draft like I was last yeah. year. Chris Solomon joining us tonight. Let's hear the chatter about Guriel and Michael A. Taylor. I bet the Reds end up with one of them. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think I still like Solaire. I still want Solaire. I can't quit Jorge Solaire, but I do think there's one um, one of these type players that the Reds do end up with. I would. I know I'm against the grain here too, and I just sound like a grump. Like I'm not the biggest Solaire person because I don't want that deal. I don't think that deal is going to go well, and I'm a little bit worried. I know it's not my money. Why should I care? And I get all of that. Trust me, I know. It's just a feeling. I don't think that's going to age well for him. I think it's going to be a lot of money. He's a DH. It would be electric. Like, if it worked out, it would be so electric. But let's talk about Guriel. I like him. I think that he can at least give you um, average defense. He can. He's played a lot of positions in the past. I don't think he's that type of player anymore if you're looking through his old, you know, pages and whatnot. Um, I love the bat. I love the personality. He's an electric player. Like, he would be a fan favorite right away. And – um this clubhouse has enough of that, but like you can't have too much of it either. Like I, I love those type of players and Michael A. Taylor is not a player I've even thought of for the Reds, but you know, good gloves and center, pretty decent hitter. I, I would say he's a good fourth outfielder, but I just have higher expectations for that particular roster spot, a right-handed hitting outfielder. Um, if you want to bring him in to be the fourth guy, that's, Okay, I hope that the Reds bring in a power bat and uh, Solaire could be that. I'd rather go T. Oscar because I think you can get him on a shorter deal with not as much money. All right, another super chat. Connor, jumping in the super chat. Appreciate you. Clay's thoughts on some cease packages. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna give you the one that Elijah. Uh, okay, yeah, wrote. that's what I was gonna ask. I, I was kind of looking. I, I was able to. to multitask here his offer edwin arroyo chase petty and reese hines for cease okay i knew he would have arroyo and petty that was who i was gonna guess um and reese hines so reese hines yeah um i would probably do it i would um and the reason being is i'm a little bit concerned about petty's injuries and whatnot um, I think that the Reds have – they just drafted two college arms that I know I like a lot, and there's other starting pitchers in this. I would rather trade someone else besides Petty there, maybe a step below. But um, I watched a lot of Petty last year, and there's times where I was a little bit concerned about him long-term. Arroyo's the player that's obviously the top here, and I'm sure people know I'm lower on him than – the consensus, but um, I still see that. Hey, we got the second overall pick. Like we can add another another bat there. And Reese Hines, 
good player, looked good last year. It, it's it's one of those deals. You guys are trading for one of the best pitchers on the market. It's not going to come at a price that's not going to hurt. And if you think about this, I, I like to think in terms of depth chart whenever I make moves like this. Like, okay, you're losing a shortstop prospect who's I think will probably – profile more as a second baseman with his offensive profile personal thought a lot of people don't agree um i don't see that being like the biggest you know stab to the stomach or anything would you do it i maybe i would do everything i could to get chase petty off of that that list but to your point arroyo petty and hines i feel like is less than Marte arroyo um Stout and uh, who was the other guy? More, uh, more. I mean, I feel like that's I feel like the Reds got more, and Cease has an extra half year of control added into this than Castillo had. So, I mean, look, it's gonna hurt. Chase Petty's the one yeah. that I would so, uh, in, uh, in Red and Four ask a good question why do we want Cease so bad? I, I said earlier, I'm really not like the biggest Cease person, but if that's like what it comes down to, and there's not another high-level pitcher. My idea of the offseason is I want to walk away with another person in the Hunter Green bucket. However you get that, it's going to hurt. It's either going to cost a lot in free agency or it's going to cost a lot in trade. That's the game you have to play here. Um, so to me, it's whatever we got to do to get one of those, I'm going to be happy about it, most likely, maybe not, but most likely because – this team is in a position where it's going to start to make trades or be in the position, be in the position to make trades, to make those prospect trades that hurt. I know let Carrick's me, not going to like that. Let me, let me, I, I'm, I'm with you. I wasn't all on this cease train at all. I thought the right, he'd be cost way too much. And I wasn't, wasn't for it. But let's just, let's throw this out here as more of a hypothetical. If Tyler glass now costs, um, Edwin Arroyo and Lyon Richardson. Do you think that that's maybe kind of a fair, just a general ballpark, what they might be looking for? I have no idea. The Rays are so odd sometimes with their moves. Okay, let's just like, let's let's let's, ro let's roll with that just for the sake of my okay. my, my case study here. Yeah. Right? So they want Edwin Arroyo and Lyon Richardson. For one year of Tyler Glass now, but the the White Sox want Arroyo, Petty, and Hines for Cease two years of control. Cease less of an injury risk, which is a big the biggest part of it, a big part of this, and the biggest selling point about Cease. That's where I can kind of get on board with Cease, just because if I'm giving up that much just for one year of Glass now, I can yeah, almost right. be talked into going just a little bit further and getting two years and less of an injury risk. I really like Glass now, and it's a player that I've always liked, so there's a little bit of bias there. I would do trades like that if it came with the extension. Now, the catch-22 there is, do you want to extend the guy who's been injured? And that's where it gets difficult, and that's where it's like, okay, if we pivot to Cease, that's one that we've already scratched Glass now out. There's a list of pitchers that fit the Reds that are available. The more that shrinks for whatever reason, the more expensive it's going to get to acquire that pitcher, right? It's just supply and demand. So if we say, no, we don't want 
glass now. That's not going to work. Okay, well, player X, Y, and Z signs here, 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 here. Here's our pool of players that fit. And if it comes down to Cease and one other person, like, there's no secret to that. And you're going to have other people bidding against you as well. It's going to hurt no matter what. You're not going to get away trading number 7, 12, 13, and 18 in the system. You probably won't get away with with, with something like that. And, and another thing that maybe should also be mentioned in this is uh, there is the the qualifying offer that you can get back here for, for any of these guys that would sign for – they have to sign a contract worth more than $50 million. So – Glassdown might actually of those three guys might be the most risky of not getting 50 million just because of if, if he gets hurt, right? Like, like them staying healthy all year is key to this in terms of you getting a, um, a comp pick back because you need another team to sign them for 50 million plus. And that that's South Stewart. I mean, that that's what the Reds got for, for uh, letting Castellanos walk. So that is another thing. To, I mean, I think most of these guys you're, you're, pretty likely to get that back so you do have to you have to add that that potential into this as well that you are going to restock because you're going to get a comp pick back assuming all hell doesn't break loose and someone needs tommy john surgery if they got radio rosarino with glass now i would be willing to trade a lot like i love both of those guys like that that's like i'm on mlb the show and i'm just like it's it's midnight on a Tuesday. I'm wheeling and dealing. I just landed Randy and Glass now. Who cares? That I would be willing to like do do a bad trade. I, I'd be do I would do a bad trade for them. Randy Rose Arena in uh, Great American Ballpark would be uh would be something. All it's right, what so else? Weird. What else do we got here? Um any buzz on Bieber and Class A from the Guardians? I mean, the Reds and Guardians have made a lot of deals. Um Class A is interesting. I just I I don't know if I would be willing to pay that asking price for a reliever. Um, he's great. I mean, he's elite. You put him in that bullpen. Oh man, it, you really shorten the game. But I, I just have a hard time believing I'd be yeah, willing to really, give up what he's going to cost. There's opportunity cost there too. So if if we go out and get him and improve at the closer role or high leverage role, great. Now you've traded one of those tradable prospects, so you're less likely to go get a starter or a righty bat or whatnot. So it really comes down to like, if there's three prospects they're willing to trade and want to trade this year, like, okay, now how do you do that and get the most out of it? So if you spend it there, like that's great, but you may not be able to add elsewhere. Well, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Chatterbox Reds. We can't tell you enough how much we appreciate your support. If you had not yet subscribed to Chatterbox Reds on your favorite podcast platform, what are you waiting for? Do it right now. During spring training and the regular season, we are the only Reds podcast to have new episodes after every single game. And we will have plenty of off-season coverage between now and then, so be sure to stay tuned. Also, make sure that you subscribe to Chatterbox Sports on YouTube so that you can join us for live episodes of Chatterbox Reds, hit the bell and turn on notifications so you can get alerts on your phone whenever we go live. Before I let you go, I want to tell you about all of the other great content at Chatterbox Sports. First off, there's our flagship show, Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman, 
from 10 a.m. to noon, Monday through Friday on YouTube, of course, on Chatterbox Sports. Off the Bench is also available everywhere you get podcasts. Great podcast listen uh, for your drive home as it's usually posted uh, by 1 or 2 in the afternoon every day. Then there's Chatterbox Bengals. They go live after every single Bengals game. Similar fashion to what we do at Chatterbox Reds. Those guys are doing a great job covering the Bengals this season. Speaking of the Bengals, there is Chatterbox Clicker with Coach Kyle Kasky, former Bengals coach. That is every Tuesday night. Coach Kasky breaks down film from the latest Bengals game in a very innovative show on Chatterbox Sports that you do not want to miss. And if that's not enough to fill your NFL fix, there's Mac and JT. That is Wednesday nights on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Uh, That is all things NFL. They go through each and every game. And then our newest show, Chatterbox Bearcats. That is with host Charlie Walter, formerly of Reds Live. Covers all things UC sports. They are going live on YouTube after every single UC basketball game. So that's, of course, on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Chatterbox Bearcats is also available everywhere you get podcasts. Links to all those shows are in the episode notes today, so be sure to check them out. Give those guys the support that they deserve. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. Hope that you have a fantastic day, and as always, go Reds.